Hey, podcast listeners, I wanted to thank our first sponsor of the John Paul podcast, and that is uh, my favorite restaurant, especially over at Old Town, uh, Clean Eats, over at 3500 Massey Lane, owner and operator and physique model, bodybuilder, uh, the one that you walk in and you're like, yes, yeah, she works out, <laughs> Ashley Bader. Ashley was the first guest on the podcast, and uh, Clean Eats is now one of our sponsors, so <laughs> I'm excited about that. I always like to uh, schedule my photo shoots over at, at Old Town and try to work them around the uh, the time that I'm planning on planning on eating. Uh, Ashley does meal preps. They uh, can make you whatever you want to. Um, there is protein powder. They sell uh, branch chain amino acids at the front. They have grab and go meals. Uh, the bison bowl is what I always get. Uh, anyway, walk in and tell Ashley you heard her on the podcast, on the John Paul podcast, and before you check out, she will take 10% off of uh, anything that you order there. Uh, 762-583-6170 is the phone number for Clean Eats. Go by and tell her, 10% off. Thanks, Clean Eats, and thanks, Ashley Bader. Okay, so today's podcast is with Gene Lively. He's the owner and operator of Shooters Valhalla, now on uh, Veterans. They were in downtown and relocated. Um this this conversation discussion was uh, extremely informative. Gene knows everything there is to know about guns and the Second Amendment. And I wanted to have this conversation because there's a lot of information from both sides uh, in the political world and the social media world about guns, gun rights, what the Second Amendment means, gun violence, uh, safety, protection, Everything that goes with guns, and uh, I think we did a good job of, uh, of hitting a lot of this with, with Gene. As always, uh, I'm open to any feedback, comments, agreements, disagreements, whatever. That's what this podcast is for. Leading the way for powerful discussion with thought leaders, business moguls, decision makers, and strong opinions. This is the John Pyle Podcast. All right. It is uh, Tuesday around lunch and uh i'm in downtown columbus at shooters valhalla is that pronouncing that right mm-hmm. yep and i'm with gene lively 1205 first avenue uh and i don't know why i gave that address because you are moving right new location moving yes to 6201 veterans parkway right next to zombie pig barbecue okay so when will you be there uh, looking at maybe within a week, okay. if we're lucky and we can get it moved that fast. There you go. Well, you know, I wanted to come in and talk because uh, nobody really talks about guns and gun rights. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who your circle of friends are. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot going on with uh, with guns, gun rights, bump stock, uh, mass shootings, politics, everything. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think I know a lot. I don't. I want to find out what I do know. I think there's a lot of miscon- misconceptions out in the public uh, about guns and gun laws and, and what is a assault weapon versus uh, a rifle versus a pistol. So let's just dive right in. And the first sure. thing, actually, when I was getting the podcast here set up, up today, I saw the uh, the WTVM uh, article that says bump stocks, which modify rifles for rapid fire, are now illegal to buy, sell, or own. So apparently, there was a ninety day. The ruling that came out ninety days to turn in bump stocks, destroy them, or face felony charges. The ninety day period ended today, and violators can face a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine and a possible ten year prison term. So. What is a bump stock? 
A bump stock is actually a stock that attaches to the weapon that has a spring in it. So if you can imagine when you put your palm of your hand against the grip and your finger on the trigger, it creates a bouncing action. Okay. So if you hold your finger in place, your finger is actually bouncing on and off the trigger in relation to the cyclic rate of the gun. As it fires, the recoil pushes it back, the bump stock pushes it forward, and therefore puts it against your finger again. So each time it fires, it's actually pushing against your finger again and okay. making the weapon fire again, which increases the cyclic rate. Now, is that what happened in October of 2017 in Las Vegas? Is that the guy that was at the Mandalay Bay, killed 58 people? Was he up there with a bump stock? Is that what that was? That's what the the federal authorities said. Okay. That's a big that's a, a big thing to dive into. A lot of people have the theory that it was a belt fed weapon. Okay. You know, because if you listen to the cyclic rate, which you know, the uh the rhythm mm-hmm. of how those those rounds went off, it was actually a little too smooth to be a bump stock in some people's opinion, Uh you know, whether it was or not, I don't know, but I, you know, when it, when it comes to the way they sound that the bump stocks actually have an, an uneven rate. In other words, you know, it's like fast and slow, Mm -hmm. you know, it depends on how you're pushed against the butt stock and how it's going to fire the gun. Okay. So why were, why would you have a bump stock? Is it as obvious as because you want to fire more rounds? 99% of, a, of Americans that shoot and abide by the law, mm-hmm. you know, they get a bump stock just to go out and have fun with it. Okay. You know, because you can fire more rounds downrange. You know, if you're shooting steel, you're going to get that automatic feedback, you know, the, the sound of the bullet hitting the steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just good redneck American fun. <laughs> okay. So why was it outlawed? It was outlawed because it's, and again, this is just my opinion. It's it's just a step. It's just dipping the toe in the water to push more gun regulations on. Okay. You know, it's one of those things that if you read, you know, some of the, the things about how you change laws or change countries, a lot of times they call it a nudge. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, a lot of people just want to run and get the, you know, everything banned. The smart ones. They nudge. So they take little tiny pieces. And next thing you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road, they're, they're very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can eliminate this. And then once we've done that and we've established that precedent, then we can jump on something else and just pick it apart piece by piece until the final mission is accomplished. So what would I put a bump stock on right now? Generally, you would put them on an AR-15 platform. Type rifle. So if I'm out on my private land and a warden or a police officer comes by and I'm shooting a gun with a bump stock, does that law apply to me that I could face $250,000 fine and 10 years in prison? You would have to show a receipt where you purchased it before the ban. Okay. So you, if I purchased it before the ban, I can still Correct. have it and use it? Yes. So is the hope that it'll eventually phase out? Is that kind of the mindset behind it? It's just one of those things where, uh, they, you know, they're just preventing 
any more purchases of the bump stocks. Actually, the factory had over 60,000 of them left mm. that they just have to destroy now. Wow. Okay. Well, so before we dive in further, I jumped right on that question. Gene, where'd the love of guns come from? How did you open shooters? Uh, what's your background? Give us some info so we'll know who we're, who we're opinionated, who we're getting our opinions and facts from today. I was actually born and bred into guns. Uh, always loved them. You know, spent you know quite a few years managing car dealerships and, you know, just got tired of it and, you know, wanted to spend some time doing something that I love because mm-hmm. the old saying, if you, if your work is something that you love, you, you know, you, you're always on vacation. Yeah. Never work so, a day in your life. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was, that did you was grow up hunting, hunting, fishing, okay. you know, typical Georgia boy. What was your first gun? <laughs> my first gun was a Winchester 22. That okay. My dad got for me. Okay. Yeah. And it's progressed from there. So I mean, okay. we've really <laughs> That's cool. come a long way in weaponry since I was a kid. Yeah. So did you, um, how did you gain all this, this knowledge in order to operate a gun store? Uh, actually, uh, I worked at, um, when I left the car business, I went to work at a military training complex down in South Georgia and uh, worked with a lot of special operations guys. And, uh, and we, we did all kinds of firearms training, uh, shooting every day, you know, and it just became a, a real passion for me. Uh, a lot of our people who we were doing our training for wanted an alternative place to come and purchase their guns. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they kept asking us to open a gun shop and finally we gave in and (laughs) we did it. So, and, you know, just being a little different and focusing a hundred percent on customer service. Okay. You know, making the customer number one. and, And how long have you been in business? We're into our fourth year. Okay. With the with the actual gun shop, we've been doing the firearms training for a little over five years. Okay, so let's get back to some of the popular rhetoric and and things that's things that are on social media. Um, first of all, the the Second Amendment hashtag two A all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. What? is the second amendment what does it mean uh where did it come from does it give me unlimited rights to walk around with as many guns as i want to and do whatever i want to what exactly is the second amendment to the constitution the second amendment to the constitution is probably the most debated amendment of all of the amendments uh you know the the second amendment was created in my opinion, because a lot of the founding fathers had fears of a standing army. That was one of the largest debates that they had when they were forming our country. So the Second Amendment was to protect the citizens against a tyrannical government. Okay. Because they had seen what had happened all over the world when they formed our republic. So, yes, they did have muskets then, which took, you know, a couple of minutes to actually. Yeah, I hear that argument a lot. And, and uh, I'll, fire, see a, so. I'll see a meme on Facebook that shows a guy loading a musket that says, well, when, you're, when your Second Amendment was created, this was the weapon that they were used. It was not, it's not valid at a time where we have ARs and, and things like that. So, what so are, using that logic, you know, which I love to do that. Mm-hmm. So, in effect, did did the founding fathers say, okay, 
So you have the same exact firearm as the military has now. But as weapons progress, you're going to keep the same weapon. So you still have to use the musket when, you know, the, the military has laser yeah. guns. You know, <laughs> okay. I don't think that they meant that. I think that the founding fathers actually, if we took it in its literal sense, I mean, you could own any firearm that the military owns. Right. Because they intended for the government to actually fear the citizens as as an equal. You wow. Know, okay. They, they wanted us to have the same protection and the same firepower that the military had. Interesting. Okay. So let's just say that I'm I'm in the store and I see a bunch of guns sitting around here and I'm I grew up in a in a family. My dad loves guns. I wasn't really a hunter. But neither was he, but he just loved guns. He has a G- mm-hmm. German Luger, M59, some shotguns, 45 Glocks, things like that. We have them in our home. We have a couple of guns in our home. And I've noticed that while we've been sitting here, none of these guns have moved. <laughs> and I say that because it's basically an inanimate object, right? Correct. I, yeah. I joke with people all the time that the reason I have bars on the windows here to keep the guns in the shop so they don't go out and kill They'll, people. Yeah, they go out on the yeah. town or do things, right? It, yeah, they're, they're inanimate objects. And, you know, the, the, the terminology of assault rifle, for instance, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's, they, people think that it's derived from the AR platform rifle. Okay. When actually... AR means Armalite rifle because Armalite was the inventor of the platform of the rifle, which actually ended up being used in Vietnam. So it doesn't mean assault rifle. I mean, that's an assault laptop if you pick it up and hit me over the head with (laughs) it. That's true. It it does become that. Right. Yeah. It's just a demonizing (laughs) term. But, you know, it's a semi-automatic, which means each time you pull the trigger, Mm -hmm. the recoil, the actual gas of the rifle pushes the bolt back and the magazine pushes another round in and it's fed by the bolt. So each time you pull the trigger, it will actually load a new round into the chamber and you can pull the trigger again, but you have to pull the trigger each time you want to fire a round. So you hear a lot of, you know, automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you, you can't buy one of those in a gun store. So, you know, you have to pull the trigger each time you want a bullet to go down range. So I can't take, is that an AR? What is that? An a- that is an AR. Okay. So can I take that AR and hold the trigger down and multiple fire comes out? If you out, pull the bullets. trigger and hold it down, one round's going to come out and nothing else is going to happen. Okay. But that's an AR. Correct. That's an assault rifle. It's the scary AR assault <laughs> it's rifle. It's the scary. Okay, so what is an example of a gun where you do hold the trigger down and it just nonstop? The military weapons, uh, you know, the 240, uh, any of your, your uh, belt-fed weapons or, you know, weapons that, that actually are owned by the military or some law enforcement, you know, okay. it's not something you're going to see on a civilian range or can I get one? You can't, I can't. Uh, the only way okay. you could do it is to be thoroughly vetted by the FBI, the ATF, uh, and pay a significant amount to purchase a class three license. Okay. Okay. So the, um, let, let's start with, well, you know what, let's stay on the, the AR because that's the one that, that everybody talks about that, that's scary. 
does it frustrate you when you see news outlets and reporters refer to it in a in a negative connotation or incorrectly ignorantly state that it's an assault weapon and and uh it's it's the number one gun used in mass killings and you know and i don't know all the facts but but mm-hmm. how do you does that frustrate you does it it greatly frustrates <laughs> me so much yeah it, it, they think that it's this you know blows huge holes in you and mm-hmm. you know that you can throw a bowling ball through and actually it's the same size as a 22 caliber so okay. it's a it the the hole that it would make is is a small hole. Now, however, the two two three five five six round is designed to yaw like an airplane, so it can hit you say in the right shoulder and come out your left hip. So, so it could enter the body at one and spot tumble and tumble and and come out a, a totally different part. Okay, but uh, you know, there it's not the massive destructive weapon that that people make it out to be okay and the the most lethal weapon used in the united states to kill the the largest mass of people was a box cutter on 9-11 wow that that certainly uh puts some some things in in perspective so let's say i came in today into the store and you know i just left the gym i'm coming by and i see that hanging up there and i'm like you know what i want that gun can i buy that gun today from you Yes, you can. Okay. You would, you would actually select your firearm, fill out an ATF mm-hmm. FBI form 4473. Okay. Which actually has some detailed questions as to whether or not you're under indictment for a felony, if you've renounced your U.S. citizenship, uh, you know, if you've ever been deemed mentally unstable, if you've been dishonorably discharged from the military, if you're a citizen of the United States. So then now, we, do you trust a person or me to respond? Am I going to write down that, you know, yeah, I've, I've been charged with two counts of domestic abuse or I've had I've been hospitalized for mental health problem or something? I mean, I mean does, right. is somebody going to admit that on that? Well, you know, if if they don't mm-hmm. uh, and they put false information on here, it is punishable by law because okay. this is a sworn statement. Um, so that's however, an official document. It's an official government document okay. from the Department of Justice. This isn't a shooter's form that oh, somebody no, this just is a feels. federal law, not, okay. not anything regulated by the state. It's, it's federal. However, once we receive the information... We actually put the information you gave us into the FBI NICS background check system. That system actually... You mean while I'm here in the store? While you're here. Okay. uh, And it's computerized. It's online. So that system actually cross-checks the information that you put in with local and federal law enforcement agencies. Okay. So So there's another catch. Right. So. Once it goes through that deep research, um, if it if it comes up clear and you're you're clean, mm-hmm. usually it'll come back within five seconds. You know, proceed. Sometimes uh, we will get what's called a delay, mm-hmm. and the delay could be for anything. You know, it could be something where they weren't able to verify some information. It happens sometimes with the military because of their security clearance, you know, mm-hmm. where they're not allowed to look at it. Only someone with the same security clearance can actually check their background. Denials are very few and far between. But Have you do. had one? I have had a few, yes. Okay. Does it tell you the reason it, that, that's that, denied? Because of the Privacy Act, it okay. doesn't give me 
any of that information um, as as to why it's delayed or denied. What do you say to the person? It's like, hey, oh, I'm, I know I'm about to wrap this up for you, but uh, you got denied. So uh... the look on their face, you know, every single time it's happened, they knew. Okay they were going to be denied. Okay. It, 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 you really have to do something pretty bad to be denied. Okay. So if I pass that, right, mm-hmm. so I filled out the form, do you have any jurisdiction or does your opinion matter on the ability to sell me a firearm? Let's say I come in here and I'm a little intoxicated or I'm acting weird or I'm dressed in a, in a, in a weird way, right? Can you say, you know what, I really don't, feel comfortable moving forward in a transitional in a transaction with you at all. I need you to, to leave the store. Can you do that? I can. Uh, I mean, being a, a business owner, you know, just having a right of refusal mm-hmm. you know, is, is up to me. And, and the, the department of justice, the ATF, they actually tell me, you know, in, in the initial interview, when you open a gun shop that, you know, if you deem someone to be unstable or, you know, uh, not acting in a normal manner, you can deny them the purchase. It's only happened twice mm-hmm. here. Uh, one was right when we first opened a guy wanted to immediately to know if he could buy a pistol and ammunition and leave with it right now. And, uh, I said, sure. And he got delayed, at which point he got very, very agitated, saying he needed the gun right now. And mm. I said, sir, well, you know, we're not going to do business. Okay. So I stopped that. The second time was actually we had the store full of uh, soldiers, and a guy came in in a complete Nazi uniform. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't see that every day. I asked him if he was a reenactor and he said, no, he just likes wearing those clothes. So did he have the swastika and, oh, yes. and everything yes, else? Everything. And a nine millimeter Luger on his hip. So I just asked him to leave the shop. Okay. Yeah. Any pushback from that? None, none whatsoever. Okay. What the soldiers do? Oh, they were looking yeah. Like he was crazy. You know, did he obviously was everything normal except that outfit? Was he like, Hey, how's everybody doing? His, What's up? His, yeah. He seemed normal, but okay. you know, we don't now if something were, if somebody were to go through the system and then walk outside and use the gun in a, in a violent way, in a, in a murder crime, et cetera, would you, would that ever fall back on you? As sell, you know how if somebody goes in underage and gets alcohol, that can, can go right. back on the store that sold it to them. Are you held to any kind of? The standard that I'm held to is to uh, have a verifiable state identification, verifying their address and their age with a picture, so I can look at it and tell that it's them. Mm-hmm. So verifying their identity, verifying the information, and putting that information into the system and verifying it with the next federal background check. So once I do that, I'm actually. I've cleared myself because I've followed the proper procedures that are in place. Uh, However, if the gun's stolen or if a crime is committed, the FBI will generally call. And that has happened before as well. Several thefts. I mean, people steal guns all the time. Mm -hmm. So the, the ATF actually calls me and they have a request for information at which time I can retrieve the paperwork that they filled out, which also has the information on the gun. 
oh, wow. on it okay. so they can tell that it was purchased here, who it was sold to, you know, that type of information. There's no registration of guns, but they do have the ability to call the originating dealer and find out who purchased the gun. Okay. Okay. Have you ever had to call the law, the police, the authorities in, at the store for something? The only time I ever had to call, luckily, knock on wood, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> call the police to the store was one time when uh, someone did a $5,000 purchase on our online store and selected in-store pickup. And I got a call from Texas from the couple that actually was the card holder. Oh, so like so, credit card fraud. Yeah, or whatever. credit okay. card fraud. And the guy actually came in to pick it up. But he was actually online and found a job, you know, putting shipping labels on things. So he was a complete innocent victim. But when he came in to pick it up, I, you know, I called the authorities and wow. and they came and okay. talked to him. He didn't get in any trouble, but, you know, these when people do that online, they bounce those packages to like 10 different places and then they end up at their destination. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So I've, I've filled out your form. You you look at me. I'm a, I'm a, I meet your standards, right? Mm-hmm. You run me through the computer. It, it spits out, hey, he's good to go. Right. Right. Then I can give you what? Cash, credit card, check, mm-hmm. whatever you take. Cash, credit, check. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And you can take the gun, the ammo, the accessories, everything with you. And, and I can walk right out that door. Right out the door. Okay. Now, once I get out the door on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. does the, does the gun have to be hidden, put away, not seen, covered up, not loaded? What are, what are the regulations and rules regarding that? According to Georgia state law, you can carry the gun to your vehicle from the front door of the shop, provided that that it's unloaded. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you can put it in your vehicle and take it with you. If you have a carry permit, Mm-hmm. I mean, you can carry a loaded weapon in public, either concealed or open. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I've got to, I have to say I've got a carry permit. Mm-hmm. Same scenario. I walk out this door. I've got a carry permit. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day. I want to walk around downtown Columbus with my brand new shiny gun. Mm-hmm. All right. Can I do that? If you have a carry permit, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Now, I so what you're saying is I can walk down the sidewalk holding the AR in my hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it have to be on, on a strap or on shoulder or anything like that? Not at all. Okay. So that seems kind of weird because <laughs> you don't see that often, right? Right. Because that, that's just one of those things where you're actually provoking right. an incident Okay, based okay. on the way things are now. Now I've got my AR. I have a carry permit. Right. I can go outside on the street holding the AR. Correct. Loaded, not loaded. 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 Or not loaded. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Okay. Is you can't that, be loaded, the gun can. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> so you don't see that a lot. No. Uh, I mean, I, I think that the, the times that you do see that is someone just trying to provoke uh, people who are anti-gun, like sometimes online, you'll see pictures of a bunch of guys with AKs and ARs yeah. over their shoulders, and they go into a Starbucks. Well, oh, they're idiots, right? Yeah, I did. They're, yeah. they're they're just ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people would never do that. It's, okay. it's just 
But you can, though. You can, legally. Now, the business... Or maybe not Starbucks. Well, the business owner, that's when it falls down to the rights of the individual business owner. They can say, hey, you know, we don't allow that in here. Get those guns out of my shop. Okay, so I go walking down the street, and I turn into... Iron Bank or one any, any I don't know their policy specifically, mm-hmm. but any place and it has a little sign on the door that says this is a gun free zone, right? Right. I walk in there. Mm-hmm. Can they legally ask me to leave because I am holding a gun? Yes, because that is their actual business or the business owner. Mm-hmm. So yes, they can refuse service to you. Okay. Now I'm walking down the street again. I know I keep talking about mm-hmm. this, but it is interesting to me because it, 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 there's a lot of different angles here. I'm walking down the street and somebody comes up to me and says, what are you doing? Uh, or let's say a police officer comes up to me. Mm-hmm. I need to see your, could you step over here for me? I need to see your ID. ID. I'm walking around with a loaded AR, mm-hmm. right? Do I have to answer the police officer's questions. That's a, well, and, and the, the short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, you know, but it, it's an opinion. A lot of people, you know, will say, you know, you don't have to answer his questions. You know, I, I do believe that it is a law where you have to identify yourself. Okay. However, you know, it's, that's a situation where if you do not comply you're just trying to start trouble. Who in their right mind? Mm-hmm. You know, if the police were like, well, somebody you know looking, you're carrying an yeah. AR down the street, and they say, you know, we need to know who you are. Yeah, you know, show me some ID. Not showing the ID presents an image, you know, an impression that you're up to no good. Okay, uh, and you're not being quote cooperative. Exactly. You know, but if they you are a law-abiding citizen. You know, the first thing that. Again, the vast majority of people would do would be to hand over their license and carry permit immediately so that the officer can see that they are within their legal rights, you know, to carry the whip. Right. But can they detain me? Can they say, we need you to stop right here until we figure out what's going on? Again, that is, that is something I do not know a concrete answer to. I think in short, uh, based on what a lot of people have done, the answer would be no, they can't. All right. So uh, still going along those same lines is um, so he can't detain me. He can't or he can. Well, he can't detain me. He can't. He can ask me questions mm-hmm. that debatably, debatably, debatably. <laughs> scratch mm-hmm. that. He can ask me questions that I may or may not answer. Right. He cannot confiscate my weapon. Right. Or can he? I would think that the situation would have to escalate. Okay. Before that would happen. Okay. But the the more quiet I am and the more resistant I am, the more red flags start to Correct. to go off. So common sense right. dictates a lot of that. Right? Definitely. Okay. Now, what if I get in my car and I'm driving home and a police officer pulls me over? Do they ask me, are you carrying a gun? Do I have to volunteer that information? You you do not uh, have to show your license or tell them you're carrying. However, the one time I've been pulled over, you know, I immediately turned the dome light on in my truck mm-hmm. and I took out my driver's license and my carry permit and handed it to the officer. Okay. 
you know, which you didn't have to do that, but common sense, just being a law abiding, respectful citizen. Right. And protecting that officer as well, you know, because they have a job to do. They don't know what they're walking up to when they walk up to the car window by doing that and by being cooperative and by turning that dome light on and giving them a visual where they can see in your vehicle so that they know what they're dealing with immediately when they get there. It's not only protecting the officer, it's protecting you as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It just makes for being a good citizen. So a lot of the stuff that I see on YouTube and Twitter and online where, where extreme examples like this take place, it's usually a situation where someone is trying to get a response, get likes, go viral, provoke provoke get it get attention but you know from what i'm hearing from you is common sense still prevails in a decent absolutely in a decent society um you would hope exactly (laughs) you would hope what's the harm in telling them your name or or telling them if you do or do not have a weapon Mm -hmm. you know what's the problem with with handing over identification there is no problem the only reason you wouldn't want to do that is because you want to create a situation. Like you said, something mm-hmm. you can put on YouTube, that's going to go viral, uh, you know, or to provoke an incident where you may be able to sue them or something. Mm-hmm. It, there's no situation like that where the intentions are good. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. So what is concealed carry? What does that mean? Well, a lot of people refer to, the permit that you get in Georgia as a concealed carry permit, when in actuality, it is a Georgia weapons carry permit, which that allows you to carry open or concealed. Okay. So in order in order to walk around outside of your home or vehicle mm-hmm. with a loaded weapon, you have to obtain a weapons carry permit from the probate judge's office in your county. So if I don't have a concealed carry permit and I'm getting in my car, a weapons carry permit, a weapons carry. <laughs> yes. If I, if I don't have that, can I bring a firearm in my vehicle? Yes. Where does it have to be stored? Does it have to be in glove compartment? Can it be on my person? It's really up to you. Okay. The, the best thing to do in that situation is to have it in the open, uh, Unless you're parked and, you know, of course you can hide it that way. Again, being a respectful citizen, if you get pulled over, you can have your hands at 10 and two on the wheel with the weapon, you know, placed far away from you in clear view of the officer. And he can see that your hands aren't anywhere near the firearm. Okay, It's just, again, it goes back to that common sense. Right? Does it have to be, uh, does it have to be free in the chamber? Does that have have, like no, no bullets? You know, there's that's really at the discretion of, of how you interpret the Georgia state law. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people say that you can have one in the chamber, uh, you know, have the weapon locked and loaded because the vehicle is an extension of your home. And looking at the Georgia laws, I can see where you could interpret that. However, it's better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you do have a weapon in your car and you do not have a carry permit and you're just going to the range, for instance, you know, leave it in the case, mm-hmm. you know, locked up, you know, not necessarily locked up, but closed. Uh, if you do have it out in the open and you don't have a carry permit, 
and you're just going to the range, you know, why not just have it locked open, you know, where they can see that the weapon's clear. Right. I mean, again, you're just going back to those things that can actually diffuse a situation that could become Mm -hmm. really bad. So what does the permit grant me? I mean, if I can still ride around with my gun, why do I need to go get a permit? The permit would be to actually get outside of your vehicle or your home with your weapon. Uh, You know, if you're, if you're in a, a bad part of town, for instance, if you collect money or, or you, you carry valuables on your person related to your job or whatever, you know, in order to have that protection, when you exit and enter your vehicle or exit and enter a business, you know, it, that allows you to have that firearm on you locked and loaded and ready to protect yourself okay, and your family. So I can't, you know, another great podcast person we had on a couple of weeks ago, Chris Woodruff, I always joke because I see him at the coffee shop and <laughs> he comes in with his, uh, with his pistol or his firearm on his, on his belt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so he got to hear you. So, um, I would need my permit to do that. Yes. Okay. All right. With that on me, do, do I still have to abide by like the school zones that say, you know, this is a gun free zone? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. It, with a permit, do I have to listen to their their policy on no guns? As far as federal, mm-hmm. or not federal, but government in general, there are specific places. So you cannot carry a firearm in certain places regardless of whether you have a Georgia weapons license. For instance, a courthouse, jail, prison, mm-hmm state mental hospital, nuclear power facility, within 150 feet of a polling place, uh, (laughs) places of worship unless the church's governing body has approved, Okay, uh, where prohibited by federal law, so federal government buildings, U.S. post office, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you have a carry permit or not, you cannot enter a post office with a firearm. Why do you think that is? Uh, I, I think more than anything, it's just because they can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's really now. You also, if uh, school buildings, you know, at a function on property, uh, if you do possess, you know, a weapons carry license, you can possess a weapon locked up in your vehicle and passing through a school zone, picking up and dropping off a student parked on your property. They're parked on school property or in, a, in an event uh, that you cannot carry one on your person. Yeah, so, I've heard of, uh, wow, some school thing. You know, when I was growing up, kids would, you know, pull up in high school. They've been shooting or hunting the day before and their guns hanging on the back of yeah. the truck. And, yeah. and, man, you do that now and you're, you're done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's... It's the culture. Again, it's, it's, you know, kids used to bring a shotgun into school for show and tell, mm-hmm. you know, but that was because no one feared it back then. They, it wasn't so demonized. You know, the actions of, of two out of a million people didn't dictate, you know, to the rest of them how they were to behave. Right. So, but that was before social media and instantaneous judgment. Yeah, that's a good point. So, which brings me to where we all, where I wanted to bring up is the politics behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So, Republicans, conservatives, pro-2A people 
are constantly screaming that, or did scream that Obama or the left and or Stacey Abrams, who ran for, for governor of the state of Georgia, they're all going to come get your guns, right? right. Uh, they're going to they're gonna get rid of the Second Amendment, and they're going to take your guns away from you. Do you feel that that is either a blatant agenda or a hidden agenda from the left, and why? I think it used to be hidden. Mm-hmm. Now it's not. It's 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 out in the open. Stacey Abrams just blatantly said, you know, that she was for the repeal of a lot of uh, guns under the Second Amendment. You know, and she even said, you know, no emergency hunting. Well, the Second Amendment isn't there to protect my right to hunt. Second Amendment is there to protect my right against a tyrannical government. It's, it's so that I can protect my family and my loved ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so that I can go out and recreationally shoot when I want to. You know, it's it's not. No one wants to regulate the the First Amendment, although that's happening now with political correctness and and other things. You know, freedom of speech is under attack. So, you know, which which one of the amendments are we going to take away next? If you start chipping away at any amendment to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. You're just asking for trouble. You're establishing that precedent again, the nudge where you can dip that toe in the water and then who's who's to say what else you can do once you've actually violated the constitution. Okay. So what do you say to somebody that that I'm gonna step over to the to an argument from the left that that guns are too easy to get they're they're too easy to kill masses amounts of people. We do need gun laws in place. Here's Sandy Hook. Here is Orlando. Here is most recently in New Zealand what happened. And y'all, quote unquote, the right are not listening to this and staring this these facts in the face and doing something about it. What what do you say to to those people? It's actually pretty easy and pretty simple. Uh, this Sandy Hook shooter, he killed his mother and stole her guns. Hmm. There's no law that would have stopped that. Doesn't matter what law you enact. And as far as New Zealand goes, they don't have a second amendment. So they can do whatever they want to do over there. We have a second amendment that protects our right to bear arms. Uh, you know, who obeys laws? How, how are the anti-drug laws working? You know, there's more people on drugs now than ever, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it even goes to the extent of a lot of people didn't even want to do it until you told them they couldn't. Right. You know, which, you know, brings up the whole mass hysteria and, you know, mass gun buying when they feel like, you know, a Democrat is going to get elected or a liberal and they're going to take away all the gun rights. People rush to the stores to buy all the guns they can. So they're inadvertently doing the exact opposite Mm -hmm. of what they intended to do. Uh, So why do you think the left wants these guns? Do you think it's because they want to reduce mass shootings or is it is it a power thing like what what is what is the gain from from that what are they trying to accomplish i think that they're just again they're 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 taking those baby steps because anyone who is in the shooting community and knows anything about ballistics with firearms 
they villainize the AR-15 and 5.56223. However, if you took a semi-automatic shotgun, you know, and they're available magazine-fed now, you could do more lethal damage with that than any AR-15 ever made. Mm-hmm. They're actually picking on that gun because it looks mean. It looks military, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it actually has an appearance that seems, you know, threatening and what have you. They're doing that because it's the low-hanging fruit. Okay. You know, when there's actually a ton of weapons out there that are more lethal than an AR-15. Right, right. So, but but what is it that they, you know, like like with Stacey Abrams? I mean, he, here she is. She's, a, she's running for governor of Georgia, and Georgia's a gun state. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a lot of 2A and pro-gun people that, that live here, hunters, people that want to protect themselves, their families. Why would she throw out a statement like that that would almost seem to backfire against the people that could possibly have supported her for something? Again, it's going back to the emboldening that they feel with the huge increases in population in the urban areas. Mm -hmm. Hence, we can, you know, we digress here, but going to the Electoral College. If it weren't for that, New York, California, Florida, you know, Illinois and Texas, they, they would elect the president. I mean, there would be nowhere else that because they needed the population to, to talk to. So right. the entire nation would just have to suck it up. Where Georgia, Atlanta would dictate everything for the entire state. And that's who she was playing to mm-hmm. was the people in Atlanta who were, you know, tend to be more to the left than mm-hmm. anyone else. She was playing to her base. But again, I think it goes right back to the original intent of the Second Amendment, which was to protect us, allow us to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. How would you negate that? You Mm -hmm. would take all the guns because then the government wouldn't have anyone to fear. They could step on your neck without any fear of reprisal whatsoever. What always gets me is the the hypocrisy of of some of the people on the left or the the Hollywood that that have these these bodyguards that are carrying weapons mm-hmm. or security details that monitor everything they're doing walls around their house which would would be another another discussion but specifically the the firearms that protect them as they tell me mm-hmm. what I should do with my own gun rights right how how does uh, somebody handle that hypocrisy <laughs> how do they sleep at night with that they that well it's because they're comfortable in their own skin you know they know that uh you know what they're putting out there as far as as being anti-second amendment is playing to their base which you know want to advance the country in a different direction than what the vast geographical majority of the nation wants to do. Why do you think that a, or would a person voluntarily submit their weapon or give up their weapons or cast a vote to give up a right to protect themselves or the people that they love? Because they are either non-confrontational to the core or they have an absolute misunderstanding of the constitution and what it was written for. 
You know, you you have to look back at how many times it's actually worked for us, how many times it's actually protected our entire country. The one singular reason that Japan never invaded the United States was because they were, quote, afraid that there was a a gun behind every blade of grass. Mm -hmm. Had it not been for that, the Second World War would have had a, a much different type of experience and possibly outcome. Wow. But they feared our right to bear arms. Is the United States the largest armed militia in the world? We have the most guns. Okay. Uh, I've heard estimates up to three guns per person in the United States. I would say, yeah, I would say that's close. And, I mean, <laughs> you know, more guns equals less crime. Look at Kennesaw, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect example. There, there's where you have the strictest gun laws, you have the highest homicide and crime rates. But what about Chicago? It, that's a great example. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't even be laughing about that. That's a, that's a, another, you know, it's, it's terrible. Hypocritical. But, but again, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where laws are meant to be abided by, hence the term law abiding citizens. Mm-hmm. Criminals do not care about the law. They're going to continue doing things the way they're doing it. It would be more productive to actually, you know, keep more people armed so they can clean up their own neighborhoods. And it can be a grassroots movement where they take it back a street at a time, Mm -hmm. you know, and push those drug dealers and everyone else that's, you know, scum of the earth, push them out of their neighborhoods and help the police. Police in general love an armed populace. Really? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I live that, in Harris County, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not another issue that that they have to uh, another red flag when they pull somebody over on a back road at ten o'clock at night. That like, wait a minute, we need to we need to you know check ourselves here. This guy's probably carrying. Yeah, I mean that seems like an added. You have to really salute officers. Mm -hmm. And and here's why. If you just take it, I like to break things down in their simplest context. If, if you stood behind a donkey and you got kicked in the head, Mm -hmm. well, chances are you wouldn't stand behind a donkey again. I wouldn't. But cops, police, you know, law enforcement, you know, their friend gets shot through the car window when they do a stop they keep going to the car window. Mm-hmm. They run to the sound of, of gunfire. Doing what you're supposed to do as a citizen, like I said, making everything visible in your vehicle, handing over identification, carry permits, any documentation like that, and cooperating with the officers is the key. Mm-hmm. That's that's what everyone should do. And that's what 99.999% of gun owners, even if you expanded gun ownerships, the general populace of the United States are great law-abiding people that shouldn't have any restrictions put on them for any amendment to the Constitution, mm-hmm. period. So a few minutes ago while we were sitting here, I guess a couple came in and uh, they were both carrying. Mm-hmm. It, could you – I mean obviously that doesn't make you – Nervous or does it? Or do you have a, because you're a business owner, not a citizen, not a not a, right. a gun carrying citizen. As a business owner, do you worry about somebody coming here in here with a loaded weapon? No. What What would make me fear more than anything would be someone trying to conceal their identity. Okay. You know, wearing a 
a mask or a hoodie or, okay. you know, something hiding their face, you know, coming in, not taking off their sunglasses. You know, there's certain red flags that I've that probably you, done that before. Well, that you immediately, <laughs> well, it's not that you treat them any differently. It's just that your, your spidey sense kind of kicks in and, okay. and you pay more attention to them, Yeah, you know, than you normally would. But I think hiding your identity or trying to make yourself as inconspicuous as possible, that scares me or actually puts me on alert more and it doesn't really scare me, but because I do have the protection of the second amendment and I am armed, it doesn't scare me, but it does make me focus more on that person and watch them and see if, and I have had some people here before that, that I felt very uncomfortable around. And I actually, you know, just got into I, I have secondary and tertiary plans to protect myself and uh you know when i when i see something like that i actually do not necessarily take a posture but i let them know mm-hmm. that i'm aware of them and so far thank god it, it's diffused anything that's ever happened what about people that are anti-gun anti uh, carry anti uh, or, or people that protest. Have you had anybody come in the store or out by the store that is uh, against you as a business or against you selling and dealing in firearms? We've only had one protester. It okay. was not long after we opened. It was in the summer. And uh, it was a gentleman standing outside on the corner right in front of the door holding up pictures of the Sandy Hook victims. Hmm. He wasn't saying a word, and he had a news crew filming while he was doing it. So I went outside and uh, offered him, you know, something cold to drink, some coffee, whatever he wanted. Told him he could come inside Mm -hmm. in the air conditioning and protest in here direct to the people because I respect the First Amendment. That's his right. The Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. And so, you know, I offered him everything in the world and. You know, Did he say what he was protesting? He Just never go- spoke a word. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the, the people that protest the Second Amendment are generally the, the same people that, uh, you know, will basically protest anything that's not following their agenda, what they as an individual think is right or wrong. You know, and people have different points of view, and I respect that, but you also have to you know, in a lot of, in a lot of the things that we see now, especially on social media, people will basically do anything for attention and it doesn't necessarily reflect on what their personal beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that being said, a lot of the things, you know, of course we all think that we're right, you know, <laughs> but uh, how many times has someone protested and actually changed someone's mind? Mm-hmm. I would like to see that statistic. I, I would <laughs> argue that to be uh I, don't, I haven't come across one Facebook post that's really uh, never really swayed my opinion on on things, uh, especially on on a social media platform. What do you recommend that because you've helped my my wife when she purchased her gun mm-hmm. and uh, she's uh, five foot one, tiny exercises, but she's scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> so she's mean, um, but <laughs> but some people may not be uh, be that personality or that you know or that stature. Statue, stature, probably going to edit that out. That height, you know, stature. So let's say somebody's listening right now and they want to come purchase their first gun. They want to be able to 
protect themselves or their family. There, it's a, a, a husband, a uh, father of two children, you know, f- would feel safer with a gun. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend that they come in and, and do? I recommend that they actually come in and and handle the firearm. I, we we take the time to educate people uh, as far as the functionality of each one of our weapons, how it operates, how to clean it. Uh, we just had a lady uh, the other day, and I, I won't name her because I won't put her out on <laughs> on a public <laughs> forum. But uh, she was so pleasantly surprised that we spent forty five minutes with her. Mm-hmm. because she had never purchased a firearm before. Turns out she was really happy with it and now has a passion for shooting. But uh, she did the right thing. She went to the sheriff's department and took a little firearms course okay. with the firearm that she purchased, and she she really enjoyed it. So, you know, just the best thing, the, I think the biggest mistake that I see, and, you know, congratulations, one you didn't make, was husbands coming in and just buying a gun for their wife. Mm. You know, and they tend to pick out something tiny. Yeah. And it turns out that the wife hates it because it has so much recoil. Whereas if the wife actually came in and selected, you know, actually held each one, picked it up, you know, um, and got comfortable with it, it works out so much better. And they actually get a firearm that they will keep and continue to shoot. What is the most popular first time purchase gun, at least in this store? Well, the most popular gun, period, is the Glock 19. Okay. Ladies in general, uh, a Glock 19, because it depends on the way they carry it. You know, people carry in different ways. The way your wife carries, the way my wife carries, or, you know, the, the heavier guns like that aren't for them. So, you know, your SIG P365s, your Glock 43s, you know, the lighter guns are, are better for them. And, you know, the, the whole ideology the first thing i ask people is if they're going to carry it or if they're going to keep it at home or just use it on the range mm, you know and okay. keep it at home with, with and that, what do they usually say well you know it's about 50 50 a lot of people just want something for home protection and in that case you know get a larger gun mm-hmm. and by larger i mean larger in size with higher ammunition capacity because those are actually easier to handle, easier to shoot. The larger the gun, the less recoil and easier it is to shoot. The smaller the gun, the more recoil and the harder it is. Okay. And the less accurate it is at distance. So, you know, that's the first question I ask. And if they are carrying or intend to carry, I ask them how they plan to carry it, at which time we present different options, different holster types, uh, belly bands. We even have boy shorts, I think they're called, yeah. <laughs> with a holster in them. I mean, there's a, a <laughs> ton of different concealed carry purses. I mean, there's all kinds of different carry options, you know, for people. So it's a blend of actually choosing how you're going to carry and the size of the gun you're going to carry. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Have you ever pulled a gun on somebody or had to? Uh, no. Okay. I've never had to follow through. Okay. You know, thank God. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one of those situations where you never really know what you would do. Um, however, I encourage everyone that carries a gun to seek training. Mm-hmm. 
one of the biggest mistakes that I hear, and this is something contrary to a lot of dealers, they just want to sell you something and push you out the door. I've had customers come in and say, you know, I'm not going to keep it loaded. I'm not going to carry one in the chamber, you know, and I just tell them, you know, buy mace. Buy, Instead of a buy, gun? Buy a taser. Because <laughs> okay. if you do not have your gun locked and loaded, ready to go, and the other person has a gun, they're going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, so... So Barney know, Fife with the bullet in his pocket is not the same. Well, it's as, better uh, to not have a gun because if, if, if I have a gun and I'm robbing you mm-hmm. and you don't have a gun, chances are I'm just going to take your money on the lead. Mm-hmm. But if you pull a gun on me and you're trying to lock and load that gun... I'm probably going to shoot you because I know you're going to shoot me at that. Because then it's a threat. Then yeah. your life's a it's, threat. My life's in danger. Right. You know, so common sense, you know, it's one of those rare qualities now in life, I think. Right. But, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways of protecting yourself. Is it true? I remember being growing up being told that if you if you pull a gun on somebody, you need to be prepared to kill that person. Exactly. That's still true. You you need to incapacitate. Okay. So you don't pull a gun on somebody as a threat? No, not at all. Okay. And and use this logic. Put yourself in the the person's situation who's being shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have a gun, and I just shot you, and my sights are still on you, and I intend to shoot you again. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You're going to shoot me. You're going to continue to shoot me. Until I incapacitate you. Right. So, you know, people, you know, and again, you fall back on, on the police, you know, when people criticize him, why did he shoot him 12 times? Well, he shot him 12 times because that's how many it took to incapacitate him and stop him from shooting back or wielding the knife. And the whole knife thing where people are like, why didn't he shoot him in the leg? We actually had someone do some training with us one time, and he had a rubber knife. Mm-hmm. Stood twenty feet away, and we had we had these snap guns. We had to draw and shoot him before he could stab us. I couldn't do it. Wow! It took a lot of practice where I could actually draw and shoot and stop someone with a knife. These police officers, a lot of them, if you hesitate even for a half a second, you're going to get cut deep Mm -hmm. so that's why they shoot them i mean so where i mean and again first time gun owner comes in where are you supposed to shoot somebody to because i imagine everybody talks a big game you know if they broke into my house i'd i'd kill them i'd pull out my gun and kill them and these people have held a gun once maybe you know right they don't know the things that that you do. I mean, just because you fire a gun at somebody and it hits them, they don't instantly lay down and, and die, right? No. <laughs> well, not every time. I mean, you know, there's 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 timers and switches. You know, and and here's the thing: as long as if you if it's a timer, then you know, for that specific time, they can shoot back. Well, there's actually a place on the target called the A zone. Mm-hmm. which actually is is from the neck down to the hip. If you basically just look at where the spinal cord is okay. in the body. Well, if you shoot in the A zone and in the in center mass in the chest area, you know, you've got heart, lung, spinal cord. 
if you sever the spinal cord, it's you know, it's game over. They just, you know, you just drop to the ground. Okay. If you shoot somebody in the elbow, I mean, it's on. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So if somebody breaks into my house and they're, you know, thirty feet away, maybe twenty feet, or from here to that safe, what is that? Twenty feet. Yeah. Where am I supposed to aim to make that person no longer a threat? Actually, don't take the time to aim per se. Get enough training mm-hmm. where where you instinctively point at the A zone and you can instinctively fire and be accurate. If you really take the time to 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 move your gun around and aim, a lot of times it's too late. So you need to have that that uh, you know enough training where it's simply muscle reflex where you're going to push out look at your front sight put it center mass Mm -hmm. and as you're coming out just you know pull the trigger so it's not necessarily aiming it's it's actually going and practicing and training just seek training at least once a year go and get training from a professional firearms trainer not just an nra certified person but check their credentials look at feedback on their courses and see what people say about it but train 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 because what you're doing is not only protecting your life but it's also putting your life in danger because when you pull a firearm on someone then it becomes fight or flight and if they plant their feet and shoot back at you it's life and death and it's Mm -hmm. not just one-sided people seem to a lot of times think of the term well I have a gun, therefore I'm protecting myself and, you know, I'm the one who's going to be victorious. That's not guaranteed. You can't go buy a guitar and be Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) You know, you have to practice. You have Mm -hmm. to take that thing. And why not spend a little extra and buy a good quality gun and spend the money on training? That doesn't mean go out and buy your first gun and buy, you know, a $4,000 Nighthawk Customs, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be better to buy a $500 gun and get $3,500 in training. Wow. You know, okay. It, the train, train, train. That's the, the, it can't be emphasized enough. If someone with the proper training can take a cheap gun and outshoot someone without training with the most expensive gun. Valid. Yep. It's an absolute fact. So, yeah, the the training is the most critical thing, and it's also the most skipped over thing by most people. You mentioned the uh, the NRA, the National Rifle Association. Mm-hmm. Boy, they're like the new tobacco industry right now. People are hating on the NRA. What is the NRA? What is the organization about? Are you a member? And where is the hatred and the blame coming from with them? I have been mm-hmm. uh, a member of the NRA. Uh, as with anything, you know, the NRA has lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And I think that because the NRA has given on in on some issues, hence the bump stock issue, you know, the fact that they did what a lot of people consider to be a sellout move, a lot of people are dissatisfied with them. I think that the NRA has latched on to a really hot issue and they're really making a lot of money off of it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, unfortunately, in a capitalist society, which is the, the best thing that's ever happened on earth and has brought more people to prosperity than anything, that's exactly what they're doing is they're latching on to these, these dollars, you know, these figures. And again, when there's a gun panic, a gun scare, 
their membership goes up significantly because people automatically, you know, it's, it's the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. of the gun rights community, you know, so they automatically flock to that. Mm-hmm. There are other organizations uh, that do promote a lot of things. Now the NRA has done some great things. For instance, the Parkland shooting, they had actually offered before that shooting happened to send legit trainers in there and give them an absolutely perfect training scenario for their school for an active shooter, and they refused it. The school did? I didn't know that. Well, the school system. The school system, Mm -hmm. right. So there are a lot of things that the NRA does that are fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so something else that we uh, that I always hear on on TV and the news after, especially one of these traumatic shootings that take place, is uh, we've got to call for strict gun laws. We've got to we've got to stand up and get our congressmen to be to believe in more uh, tough gun, gun laws and strict and uh, just anything related to tougher and more strict gun laws. What? What does that even mean? What does that exactly mean? That's a great question because what are we not doing now Mm -hmm. that would have prevented any single one of those tragedies? Well, that's the question. And, you know, the answer is there's nothing. The only thing that that could improve that would would actually work better is – you know, we have the federal background check system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they're talking about doing now is expanding the background check system to where if a grandfather wants to hand down to his grandson his Henry Lever action rifle that's mm-hmm. been in the family for years, then he wants to give that to him as an, a family heirloom. They want him to do a background check. That's absolutely useless. What would be useful is to penalize state and local governments who don't report information to the federal background check system. In other words, if you have someone who habitually beat his wife Mm -hmm. and has been put in jail for it locally, well, it's up to that local district attorney and government to report that to the next federal background check system. If they don't do that, then the federal background check system will approve his purchase. Okay. Of okay. However, if they do that, if they do report that, it's an automatic turn down. Mm. So, you know, as a matter of fact, there was, I don't remember what TV station it was, but there was someone who was anti-gun decided to go and show people how easy it was to buy a gun. Goes into the gun store, he actually gets turned down. <laughs> and he got turned down for domestic violence. Wow. Yes. Did, yeah, I, I, did I remember that? I don't know. but that's, yeah, it, uh, was, it was fairly that's not, recent. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> but, but it's, it, you know, the system only works if everyone participates. Mm-hmm. So if they actually want to really, truly improve the system and prevent actual criminals from purchasing guns, it's not done by placing restrictions on people who obey the law. It's placing restrictions on people who do not obey the law. So these, you know, there should be some penalty for a local 
official, whoever's in charge of reporting that information to the NICS background check system, they should be penalized. Because once you get into their pocket, they're going to make sure that information gets pushed up. Oh, yeah. And if it doesn't, I mean, whose fault is that? Right. So if they're going to sue someone or do something like that, go to that person who didn't report it to the federal background check system because it can be absolutely the most effective tool ever as long as people are pushing that information up to it, which most do. So obviously safety of, uh, and training of firearms is, is important to you, I can tell. What about, uh, before we go, I just want to talk about a little safety of, uh, of kids and guns or having a gun in your home. Like what kind of things do people do and to protect their loved ones from guns mm-hmm. or educate them on guns or to, uh, to make sure there's n- nothing bad happens in their own home? Uh, yeah, I, I think personally, you know, your second point is, is the strongest one is, is education. You know, letting them know, you know, that, that guns are lethal, teaching them the, the operation of guns, uh, how to render a gun safe. And, and most importantly, over anything would be just to leave a gun alone, mm-hmm. you know, just to not touch it, because that's not only going to transfer to your children, but to people they're with. Let's say they're not at your house. I mean, you can keep your guns safe at your house all you want to, but what if they go over to another kid's house that has an irresponsible parent and that gun's laying on the coffee table? Educating your child on, you know, what not to do with that gun is more important to instill that knowledge in them so that if they're not at your house where you're very responsible as a gun owner, Mm -hmm but it will transfer over to when they leave your home. So, you know, teaching your kids the operation of a gun, how to render it safe. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that you can do, you know, to make sure that your children are safe around guns. As far as keeping the gun out of the reach of the children, that's very responsible and it's a good thing to do, but you also have to bear in mind, what if I need the gun? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're putting it in a safe where you have to do a combination to get to it and <laughs> right. somebody's kicking your door in, that might not be the best thing. One of the most popular things that we've had lately are the gun magnets. Okay. So if you can visualize yourself walking into your closet and as you enter the door, looking up above the door and putting a magnet there mm-hmm. and putting your gun on the magnet. Okay. Because if someone's robbing you and you're not home, chances are, you know, if they're looking in a closet, you know, a small closet, it can be, you know, like just a coat closet. They're not going to look up and behind them. Mm-hmm. You're just going to grab things they can see. Children also, if they don't see where it's at, they would never look in that spot either. Okay. Uh, most children, you know, mm-hmm. some of them are very, you know, explorative and everything, but that would fall back on the slim remote chance they do find it that you've taught them how to properly handle and, and be safe with one. But uh, yeah, the gun magnets are, are very popular. There's also biometric safes where, you know, you can use the, the fingerprints and all. The only danger there is you have to be responsible enough and we're not all responsible enough, myself included, to remember to replace the batteries. Oh yeah. Because the battery's dead you can't get in, you know, and it does. I'm, I'm not aware of one that has an alert to let you know the battery is going dead. Mm-hmm. I even had one of my friends that bought one 
and they come with a backup key so you can actually open it with a key okay to replace the battery but guess where his key was Inside them? Yes. <laughs> he never took the key out. Oh, man. Which, you know, it, yeah. it, you know, weapons It's like safety, having a spare set of keys for your car inside the car that's locked. Exactly. Yeah. You know, gun safety and kids, I mean, why would you not want to educate? Even if you hated guns, mm-hmm. you know, the best thing to do is to educate and, and just teach, you know, what, well you know, what a revolver is, what a semi-automatic pistol is, mm-hmm. you know, so that they know what to look for. And, and again, the biggest thing you could instill in them is they're with a lot of kids, you know, or a couple of kids and there's a gun on the table, leave it alone, Mm -hmm. call a parent, you know, get them over there and say, Hey, you know, you need to put this gun up. You know, there's kids here. Right. And believe it or not, most kids are responsible enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then there are (laughs) exceptions to every rule. Right. But, uh, hopefully, you know, the way we've raised our children, you know, we would we would be able to instill in them the importance of gun safety and protecting your friends and family. And how old do you have to be to, to be able to legally purchase a firearm? Long guns, yeah. for now, mm-hmm. is still 18. Okay. Uh, handguns, 21. Okay. But, obviously, kids can shoot and hunt at younger ages. Oh, yeah. That's just to purchase, right? <clears throat> Right. If okay. you're, if, yeah, you need to, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, requires a hunter safety course, which, uh, you know, all the kids have to go to. But yeah, you can take your child hunting with you. You know, that's, that's absolutely within your realm of, of privileges and responsibilities as a parent. Okay. Awesome. Well, Gene, this has been great. I've enjoyed uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, man. You've just been, uh, I mean, we're an hour and 20 minutes in and, I, I could sit here all day with more questions. I love <laughs> I love talking about the theoretically or hypothetically and then factual based yeah. information. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly learned a lot. And I love the fact that um, when you come in here, you're not really uh, as a patron coming into the store or as a future gun owner. Uh, you're not threat. You don't feel threatened. You don't feel no. overwhelmed. It's a very comfortable environment. Oh yeah, I mean that's the difference between. A big box and a local business, you know, I, I this is my life. I thank mm-hmm. God for every customer that walks through that door, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't just want you to come in and buy once. I want you to come in and buy every time you need something. Yeah, you know, which so. my wife keeps coming in <laughs> yeah, <she does. laughs> to buy to buy and have her guns. Um, so, again, where you're going to be on Veterans Parkway. Yes. Uh, hopefully here in about a week we'll be at 6201 Veterans Parkway. Uh, next to Zombie Pig. Okay. And how do people call the store and find out a good time to come in? And and, and that's what I liked about coming to the stores. I can come in and talk to you and say, yeah. you know, this feels light in my hand. Give me, wh- what do you recommend? You know, mm-hmm. I think people like that. Yeah. So how will they get in touch with you at the store to set something up like that? Too easy. You can call us at, at 706-940-0185. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can Hit us at glively at shootersvalhalla.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a Facebook page, lots of different ways. Okay. Yeah. Or okay. just pop on in like most people do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing you again at the new store. And uh, thanks for everything, Gene. I appreciate it. Thank you.